Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. For the next two months, I'm going to be preaching on the story of Nehemiah. And I'm going to be teaching on vision. I'm going to be teaching the church on vision. And the whole month of May, I preached on the Holy Spirit to prepare you to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit, to help you be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Um, I really felt it within my heart that the church needed to be able to respond to the Spirit within them because there is coming a time where I will ask the church to do things where it's going to take you trusting in the voice of God, you trusting and being led by the Spirit of God. Because we are going into a time as a church where we are going to affect the community with outreach and evangelism. And we are not going to talk about it, but we are going to do it. Amen? We can talk about it as much as we want to and never do anything. I'm looking for people that want to do it, that want to to labor. We've been talking about this is the year of the harvest. And that God would send laborers to do the work because the harvest is ripe. Let me tell you, it's ready. There's a lot of people in this region that need Christ and their hearts are ready. But it's going to take those that will be harvesters, that will be laborers, that will work with me, that will work together to see it happen. Amen? And it is by the grace of God and by the spirit of God and by faith in God that we will be able to do so. Amen? It won't be because of our own strength. It won't be because of our own capacity of what we are able to do. Let me help you. Nothing in Christ is done naturally. Nothing in Christ is done naturally. Even in you, believing in Christ took supernatural faith. It wasn't just mere hope. It wasn't just mere believing, saying, I guess I'll give this a try. No, it is complete total dependence that God gave his only begotten son for you and me. Amen? It took faith without a shadow of a doubt, with no unbelief. Amen? That's supernatural if you ask me. And so today, we know that when it comes to vision, when it comes to doing what God's purposed us to do, because what is vision? Vision, when it comes to the kingdom... Notice there are two different kingdoms, and we have been called out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. Amen? So your vision today is no longer your own, but it aligns with his. Amen? The vision of the church, the vision of an individual is to align with the church they are planted into. Let me say that again. Your vision first becomes the Vision of the church you are planted into. Can I get an amen? We do not have an individualistic mindset anymore. Isn't that awesome? But it's also challenging as well, isn't it? It is. Because we have our own ambitions. We have our own dreams. We have our own goals. We have our own desires. And those things are good. And the Lord will put those in you. But let me help you. The first and foremost thing you must understand is you are part of a body that is affecting a local region. That's why Pursuit Church is here, because we are affecting the peninsula for Christ. 
We are here to shape, to transform, to change people through the power of God, through preaching the gospel, through living our very lives, through running our businesses, through raising our families in him. And this will shape and mold and shift geographically the region we are in. Amen? I've heard it said that the church should stay out of things. Let me help you. The church should be in all things. And that might be a little conflicting for people. Because within your own personality, you don't like to be in all things. Come on, who likes talking about politics? No one does. Maybe some of you do. Actually, I know some of you, you do. And this isn't a political message at all. But this is an understanding that we are counterculture. That we are the ones that cause the world to be shaped and formed because our Father, God, is the one who created and shaped and made us into the image and likeness of him. Amen? This earth is his. Come on, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Who do you think he uses for that? Me and you today. The church. You've heard it said it this way. That church is not man's plan, but it was God's plan for man. Come on. His church is his plan for people. It is his perfect plan. Now, we as people, we have caused issues within the church, and we have caused distorted views, and we have misaligned ourselves with what church should become. And... I want to start today with understanding our very foundation of when it comes to pursuing after the heart of God. Because to understand vision first starts with this. And if you've got a notebook and a pen or a phone, get it out. Amen? But to understand vision is to understand this. It starts with pursuing after God. Pursuing after God. So the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about pursuing after God with vision in mind. With vision in mind. Because we cannot do anything that God has purposed us to do without pursuing him. Go to Psalms 42. Psalms 42. I'm going to read. And it says in verse 1, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Now another translation says this. Go to the NLT. It says, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I will long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? If this doesn't speak of pursuing God, I don't know what does. Think of a deer that is in need of water. You know, you can go without food for quite a bit of time. But to go without water, we know that you won't survive many days. Your physical body will start to break down. Your mental capacity to be able to think correctly and to be able to reason 
and to be able to just have logic in things. You'll begin to hallucinate. You'll begin to be misguided. Eventually, you will die. This is how it should be when you are not in pursuit of God. What do I mean by that? Without God, I'm dead. We know that for the unbeliever, that they spiritually are dead because they are not in Christ yet. And this knowing within us of people around us that do not know God are dead, spiritually speaking, and ultimately, they will physically die. And we know that their direction of death will lead to hell, ultimately. With knowing that, we should have a desire and a pursuit of God because we have a pursuit of our brothers, our sisters, our friends, our family to know Christ. The very first thing that I want you to think about when it comes to vision is that it doesn't just affect you, it affects everyone around you. It affects everyone around you. When a church has vision, when a people of God, and I'm not talking about a building, I'm not talking about a name, I'm not talking about even a pastor, I'm talking about when God prophetically gives a local body a word, a purpose, a plan on what to do in that local region, it will affect the nation. It will affect the people in that nation. It will affect the schools in that nation. It will affect the government in that nation. It will affect everything in that nation. Now, I know what we conclude to, oh, but we live in a fallen realm. Satan is working and opposing, but let me help you. Yes, he is opposing, and yes, he is against everything that God has created, but that is what he was meant to do, to oppose, to counterfeit everything God has created. And that's okay. Knowing that should not stop the believer in doing what God has called us to do. Just because of a little opposition that gets in your way should not hinder you and stop you from fulfilling what God's purpose you to do. Just because you experience a little rockiness, come on, does that mean that you quit on your marriage? No. You continue to go through the fight and stand and fight in faith for that marriage. When it comes to Everything within your life, if you just give up because it gets hard, you'll never do anything. And too many times the Christians, because it gets hard, because the cost is so great, because the challenge is so great, that they look within themselves and say, well, I can't do it. You're right. You cannot do it. But through Christ, you can because all things are possible to those that believe. Through him, you can. Go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And I'll get into Nehemiah in a second. Actually, you know what? Yeah, Mark 4. That's wrong with me. 
and go towards the end. Now look at this, because this is going to help some of you. And it says in verse 35, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took with him, or took with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that that boat was already filling. But when he was in the stern, meaning he was at the bottom of the ship, he was sleeping on the cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who is then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, this isn't our context for today, but this is to help you get to an understanding that even the disciples in the middle of a storm, they didn't know what to do, but they did know what one thing to do, go to Jesus, because they knew Jesus had power. Now, Jesus, we know, commanded the storm, said, peace be still. He commanded the wind, said, peace be still. And they marveled at what he did, but he looked at them and said, where's your faith at? Look at it. He says, why are you so afraid? When vision is given to a church, when God gives us a purpose, again, vision is bigger than yourself, and vision is purposed and grounded in Christ. When he gives you vision, meaning when he gives us vision, it will take great faith to do what he's called us to do. But there will be moments where you can be afraid, meaning you don't have full reliance and confidence in God. You're putting it in yourself. And I would ask you today, why are you so afraid? Do you not know who's in you? Do you not know that the spirit of God dwells within you today? Come on, I preached to you for about five weeks on the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. Why are you so afraid? Why are you so worried? Why are you full of anxiety? Why are you not resting in him? Oh, you wouldn't understand. I got so much going on. Life's busy. Relationships crazy. I got so many things happening right now that if you were just in my shoes, oh, you would understand. Let me help you. There's always going to be things happening. There's always going to be struggle. You see, with all within the Bible, there was struggle. Some even to the point of death. And let me help you. If you feel like dying today, you feel like, I don't even want to take care of what I need to take care of. I don't even want to have to deal with what I have to deal with. I can't do it. I'm only one person. Come on. You're in good grace today. And his name is Jesus. And you can come into a place of emptying yourself completely and saying, God, I need you. There was a song that used to be sung God, I need thee. Oh, how I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Come on, who's ever heard that song? Maybe that is the cry and the prayer and the proclamation that you need to begin to make from your heart unto God. And saying, God, I empty myself of everything. I can't do this on my own. But in you, and your strength, by your spirit, by your word, I can. See, in order to do vision, because vision isn't just ideas. There's many people that have creative ideas, 
many people that can just give things because of a great imagination. They know how to work things out. But vision is more than just thinking about it. Vision is doing it. Vision takes manifested action. It takes work. It takes putting your hand to the plow. What good is seed if it's never planted? You got the seed within you, the seed of the word of God. But if you never plant it anywhere, it will never produce a harvest. It won't. If you never plant the seed within people, within individuals, you can't expect a harvest. You can't expect to see growth. So vision, it gets clear purpose and plan from God, but also it puts work in. It does it. And for some, you're not doing it because you think you have to get to the finished product. Let me help you. You won't get to the finished product without starting first at the first starting point. I've never seen a race finish or a racer or a runner, sorry, finish a race without starting the race. And I don't know about you, if you ever ran a race, done some track before, maybe some long distance, towards the middle of that race, you begin to get tired. But the one that's trained for it, they don't get tired. I remember I did cross country, and I was terrible. The only reason why I was terrible, because I didn't train for it. Come on, there's a lot of lessons within this today. If you never train for the race, meaning if you never train for the task, for the work, you'll quit and give up in the middle of it. I remember doing cross country, and it was way too hard. Getting cramps in my legs, getting a stench in my stomach, couldn't breathe, seeing people pass me, feeling discouraged. And how often does that happen to people that when God gives vision to, but it's going to take a certain tenacity. It's going to take someone that trusts in God. It's going to take reliance on God. It's going to take just moving step by step. I've heard it said like this, 1%. Just add 1% every day or every week. And by the time you look back, you got a lot more percentage than just one. But instead, we get about halfway or maybe a quarter of the way or maybe we're almost to the end of it. We say, I'm too tired. I've run too hard. I'm done. Let me help you. I was taught this long ago. Preparation time is not wasted time. What if right now you're in a time of preparation? And you say, I've been in preparation my whole life. I understand. But what if there's still things within you that God's trying to work out? What if the very reason why you haven't got to that place is because within your character, there's still issues? Because within your life of what you're doing, God still can't bless you the way he wants to because of where you are. Because you wouldn't know how to handle it. You wouldn't know how to work it. You wouldn't know how to use it. See, a lot of people are saying, God, give me more. I want more. But how are you handling the little right now that you have? I wouldn't get my son and put him at the behind of my wheel of my car. He wouldn't know what to do. He wouldn't know how to handle it. He's not ready yet. In the same way, God, he won't give you something that you can't handle yet. And why would a church, a body, expect something great and grand when they can't handle what they have right now? 
Man, this is good. What does that mean? I'm speaking to you because it doesn't fall on a pastor. It falls on a body. It falls on a people. Too many times we put the pressure and the weight on a preacher, on a pastor, to expect them to do everything. No, it takes a body. God's planted you here. God said, serve here. It costs, yeah, your time, your talent, and your treasure is going to cost your life. Honestly, you want to know what it's like? Marriage. It's a covenant. How many know that marriage costs you your life? Come on. Things within you as a man, as a woman had to change. You had to develop. You had to grow up. And for those that didn't, you're seeing this struggle. And for the ones that are not doing it, maybe you're the only one doing it and they're not doing it. I understand. Keep on pressing in. Keep on trusting in God. Keep on praying and speaking life over them. Come on. It's just like in church. You see some fully devoted and some not so devoted. You see some completely committed and some just casually living. But let me help you. Let's get to a place where we're not discouraged. Discouragement comes when you try to do it on your own strength. Discouragement comes when you try to do God's will and purpose for your life in your own strength. But when you put it in him, when you trust in him, when you rely on him, you won't be discouraged. You'll walk at the exact pace that he wants you to walk in. You'll do the exact work that he wants you to work in. You won't get caught into rabbit trails and the things that you should never get in, involved in. Come on. You won't be to the point where you're so lazy you never do anything. You're just ready to die. Man, I'm already in my 60s. I'm already in my 70s. I'm done. I'm ready to stay in my home, walk on the beach, have my dog, just chill. When you still got another 20, 30 years within you. And you got young families, young people that need mentors, people that can speak into. Look, I'm preaching to someone today. We're not going to be a church where it's just all about young people and young families. We're also about the older people as well. If there's anything that's needed within the church is the elder being able to mentor and disciple the younger. But also the younger being able to do what God's called them to do and not be held back by the older. Come on. It takes a balance. It takes unity. It takes love. Meaning, what does that mean? Well, there might be new methods in church. Come on. If you're raised in church and you're 80 years old today, you can know this. We don't do church like they did 80 years ago or 60 years ago. It's changed drastically. We don't sing the same hymns. We don't just have a keyboard on the stage. Man, remember when the guitar got on stage? Some of you went through that. You're like, man, that's of the devil. Remember when the worship leader started leaning from a guitar and no longer playing the piano? Like, what happened? They're bringing rock and roll in the church. It's just a different expression. Because the attitude in the heart hasn't changed. You got some churches that just die out because they're going to stick to their methods. And there's nothing wrong with the old methods either. There isn't. It's about the attitude of our heart. Again, what is vision? First point, and I'm almost done. Starts with pursuing after God. He told them, why are you so afraid? Have you still, have you still no faith? 
It's going to take faith in him. Pursuing after God means I have faith in him. I have trust in him. I'm confident in him. A couple of scriptures for you. This is the core scripture of our church. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else. Or in his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I've said this scripture so many times. I've paraphrased it in my own mind. But this words say this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Seek him first. If today you're so far from God, if you feel like he's distant from you or you're distant from him, let me help you. First part of the scripture right here, seek first the kingdom of God. Get back into that place of seeking. Get back into that place of pursuing. Start right there. Instead of trying to correct everything within your life, trying to adjust character, personality, wrongdoings, just get into the presence of God and seek him. Saying, God, I'm emptying myself. What does emptying myself mean? I'm just I'm laying it all out. Because look, God knows you. He knows the stupidness and the foolishness that you've been doing. You can't hide it from him. But he loves you in spite of that. But he wants you to come before him and to give your life to him and to begin to live a life that is holy and righteous before God. Righteousness doesn't come by good works. Righteousness comes by who you are in him. You are righteous because he is righteous. Amen? Vision starts with pursuing God. It starts with pursuing God. One last place. John 8. I know we're hopping around a little places. John 8. Verse 12. Verse 12. It says again, Jesus spoke to him saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, a lot of you don't know what that scripture means to this church, but it has a lot of meaning to us. That was the very core scripture that God gave Pastor Brian when he moved here. Let me read it again. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will walk, or but will have the light of life. When it comes to vision, it starts with pursuing after God. And secondly, it starts with understanding that life comes from walking in the light. He is the light. He is the light of the world. In him, there is no darkness. So when it comes to vision, when we put our trust in him, when we rely on him, we will have understanding. Because what is light? Light means to reveal. Light means to shed light, to give understanding. That's what light does. Light is the opposite of darkness, and what is darkness? Ignorance. Light is knowing, darkness is ignorance. 
That's why people that are not in the light, that are not children of the light, are in darkness, meaning they are ignorant to the things of God. Amen? So there may be some of you hear me preach right now that can't understand anything. And that's because of ignorance, because of walking in darkness. But come to the light and let God reveal himself to you. Amen? And even for those who are believers today, when you walk with vision or when you walk with vision, when you know God's plan and purposes, let me help you today. There will be revealing or light shed upon your life and what to do. Meaning you won't be confused. Meaning you won't be trying to figure it out in your own mind because you are walking with the light of the world, the source of life, and he will lead the way. The Bible says that the word of God is a lamp unto your feet. It is a light unto your path. His light, or him, Jesus, because that's what he's saying. That's what he's declaring. I am. We know in John, the book of John, there are seven I ams that he declares. And this is one of them. He says, I am the light of the world. He is the light. So when it comes to vision, Jesus has to be the center. God has to be the center. He has to be priority. Because godly vision, kingdom vision, is not just, I got some good talents. You know, I got a good plan. I've come up. You know, I got some good ideas. This is how I'm going to do it. No, it's saying, God, what do you want me to do? God, what have you called your church to do? And let me help you. This church has a vision. This church has an understanding of what God's called us to do. That is to go and preach the gospel. That is to make disciples. That is to four pillars of truth. You ready? Believe in Christ. Belong to his church. Become a disciple. Build his kingdom. That's what we're doing as a church. Will you do it with us? You say, well, I am the church. I'm part of the church. Then come on, let's do it. It's going to take more than just what we're all been inputting and outputting within our life. I'm going to need a lot more from you. The Lord's going to need a lot more from you. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.